0: Hello, you should test your audio for me.
1: Hello, how are you? Good. This is a test of the emergency alert system.
0: Chris is sick. (coughs) Yep, that's what he sounds like sleeping right now. Hello and welcome to Chronically Olympus, the podcast in which we discuss the Percy Jackson and the Olympians series, chapter by chapter, and today we are discussing The Lightning Thief, chapter 13, I Plunge to My Death. I am a woman having a lovely tourist day in St. Louis at the, what's it called? Gateway Arch. At the Gateway Arch.
1: Yeah, that one.
0: And it all goes terribly wrong. Also known as Kristen. And this is my co-host.
1: I am a, as of yet, unnamed park ranger. Hmm. Uh, could be Ranger Greg. I don't know. Ooh, Ranger Greg. (laughs) Also known as Chris.
0: Hello, Chris. Welcome. We both, uh, see, what I had originally wanted to do was to be a young centaur running along a train. Um. And I knew that I had something. That's why I completely panicked there when I was like, I had an idea. Yeah. It's gone. All right. Well, now that we've introduced ourselves, uh, do I make fun of you for being sick now? or
1: You already did that. You've been doing that for two days.
0: Well. I don't make fun
1: of you when you're sick. I don't you, know. You this came
0: is a- home sick last night. I've been making fun of you for being sick for 12 hours, and you were asleep for eight of those.
1: It felt like two days, okay? <laughs> uh also been a while since we recorded
0: yes it has uh we missed last week because of thanksgiving you know and life and what not but we couldn't let the sickness keep us down doing my best so we went ahead and record today
1: i'm all drugged up we'll see how this goes
0: we'll see <clears throat> how it goes
1: yeah all right how Thanks do we start this again. podcast Kristen?
0: hi i have a song stuck in my head all <laughs> right um you usually do that's fair uh, <laughs> I was going to protest, but you're probably right. All right. Uh, So what we do is we uh, read our summaries first. So as we're reading through the chapter, we create a bullet point summary, and we try to summarize the chapter in some bullet points just to kind of hit the main plot points. How many times can I say points? Um,
1: We, We create a bullet point summary and then try to summarize the chapter in bullet points.
0: Yes. And so we try to hit all the plot points. And if we can do it in fewer points, then we get more points in the game that we play.
1: (laughs) It's going to be a tough record, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it seems that way. I feel like I didn't sleep well, but my watch tells me I did, so we're figuring it all out. Uh Uh-huh. Would you like to do your summary first?
1: Sure. I'll do my summary first. Uh, And vaguely chronological order. Here are my bullet points. Stream of consciousness. Percy becomes a wanted man. Anagraph, Anagraph. 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 Annabeth telegraphs really hard. Let's bond over daddy issues. Hello darkness, my old friend. <laughs> Another tiny dog. Let's split the party. Stereotypical villainous ranting. Grover's monster senses are failing. Look. A leap of faith. And that's it.
0: Alright. What is Hello Darkness, my old friend, a reference to? Uh,
1: talking about how Hades can become darkness itself, when oh, he's a okay. shadow, and okay. he is the night.
0: Got it. Here's my summary. Train to Denver, Percy is kind of wanted. Percy's eyes are open to the mythological world around him. Well, dude. Percy shows his... shows, yeah. He shows his dreams. Percy shares his dreams about a trade lightning bolt for mother. Does Hades not have the lightning bolt? Annabeth's backstory with father. St. Louis layover. Is it called a layover if it's a train? Stopover? Annabeth wants to be an architect and to see the St. Louis arch during their three-hour stop, so they go. It's a fat lady with a dog. Chapter's words, not mine. Observation deck is closing and Percy is separated from Grover and Annabeth. The lady is Echidna and the dog is Chimera and they attack Percy at Zeus's command? Question mark. Percy is poisoned and falls into the river after being goaded into jumping because water Poseidon, etc. Percy, oh, I forgot to, before the falling into the water. Percy as a protector slash hero for mortals. Perseus is poisoned. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I wrote a lot of sentences in my bullet point summary. It's
1: like, I'm not sure if you'll get the point of the bullet points. I do
0: get the point. I get the point. It was just, it was so hard to summarize some of this stuff. Like, yeah, you got Leap of Faith in there. That's great. But it doesn't include the fact that she's, like, mocking him the whole time.
1: Yeah. No, the stereotypical villainous ranting right there.
0: We also have... What about the Zeus moment where she's like, Zeus gave me permission to do this? It's not often that he does that. That's like... why I have you. Okay. <laughs> so we'll we'll, we'll we'll talk about that.
1: We fill in each other's gaps. That's what yes, we do.
0: Which is why I have to write giant sentences when you get little clever quips and song quotes.
1: That's <laughs> why the people listen. Anyway, so shall we discuss the chapter.
0: Let's do it.
1: Cool. Uh, You said, going into this, that this was probably your favorite chapter thus far
0: in the book. Yeah, when I read this chapter, I absolutely, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I feel like it was the least annoying way to do exposition. Okay. I mean, like, there are less annoying ways to do exposition. But this, like, we got a point in the story where they're sitting together on a train and they have the time and it makes sense for them to just be like chilling and we have them talk. Yeah. And we have some fun little world building moments where he like sees the centaurs out the window of the train. Yeah. um, And everybody else is staring at their computers and phones and doesn't see them. Like is the advent of modern technology protecting like this, this society of the, the mythological uh, like that. That's an interesting take. And I'd like to dig into that, but also like, I don't know. I just really enjoyed the way that this particular villain, like when Percy got isolated, how it all worked out. And like, I really liked the way that she engaged with him as opposed to like Medusa I don't know. This This one just felt more enjoyable. I mean, like, this whole thing is a collection of stories. It is very much Odyssey-ish, where they're trying to get on this adventure and get across the United States to their destination, and they keep meeting monsters along the way. Yeah. So it's it's not like there can... There, yeah.
1: So let's go through the chapter. Yeah. Well... <laughs> We, we can hit this podcast. I don't as know. I go. just really
0: enjoyed the chapter. That's it. When I finished reading the chapter, I felt good about the chapter and and was just like, yeah, I enjoyed reading that chapter.
1: I'm glad. So anyway, uh, we open up with the description of them on the train. They're on this two day dre- two, dre- two, two day two day. I keep trying to say two words at the same time and it's not working out for me. Yeah. Uh, they're on this two day Amtrak journey and I wrote down the stream of consciousness because like. What I want after reading this chapter, especially the opening, is, like, a very stream-of-consciousness, like, Jack Kerouac-esque, um, uh, Odyssey story yeah. about supernatural creatures. Yeah. Like, I think that would be cool. And, like, that's one of those books that I'll daydream about writing and never actually get to. But, like, so if you... you...
0: So you wrote down stream-of-consciousness as a request or as a plot point?
1: Both. Both. <laughs> It's a plot point and a request because I was just like I would enjoy that book, just yeah. being like some mythical hero like going on a road trip on a, on an Amtrak train and talking about like the weird crappy sees along the way. Yeah, like that'd be a really fun read. That would be. Um, so that's how it starts, and as we're on the train, I keep wanting to say the bus. It's not a bus. As we're on the other method of ground transport, uh, we encounter a the uh,
0: only other method of. ground
1: Yeah. Uh they encounter a little article. Yep. Uh another little article about Percy. How he's missing, how he's now a wanted man. We get a call back.
0: Suspected of being involved in blowing up a bus that was struck by lightning. (laughs) Of course. Everyone saw it get struck by lightning.
1: He also costs three old ladies, so you know, he's uh he's dangerous, he's like beating up old people, he's got two teenage accomplices, obviously hoodlums. Uh but uh we'd have a little callback to the Hawaiian shirt guy that takes a picture of him because he shows up some kind of blurry object in his hand. Yeah. Could be a sword. Could be a lacrosse stick.
0: Could be. We don't know. A bat. Uh,
1: But hey, he's uh he's getting famous. Indeed. Or infamous as the case may be. Yep. Uh, but then him and Annabeth have a kind of protracted conversation about their various daddy issues. Yep. As they're hanging on the train, uh, they obviously.
0: Well, it's not necessarily their parental issues because, I mean, we know that they both have daddy issues. But it started by Percy talking about his dream. Yes. And Annabeth being like, don't accept a trade. Like Hades, Hades doesn't appear the way that you described. That doesn't make sense why it's not Hades that's offering you this deal and even if it was you shouldn't do it yeah. he's deceptive etc and Percy's like well wouldn't you want to do the same for your dad wouldn't you be willing to trade anything for your dad your mortal parent and she's like no heck no yeah. let him rot and then she goes into her whole thing about her, her dad
1: well question there Um so we're kind of hinting at in the last few chapters that whoever the big bad is in this scenario it may not be hades like especially uh telegraph pretty hard in this one
0: yeah well and uh, we had the furies in the last chapter saying where is it and searching for something so yeah
1: yeah which i have said i appreciate because like i would think it's really lame and predictable if hades is you know is the big bad in your first book of great mythology like yeah sure it's the devil whatever Um so, who do we think it is, if it's not Hades? Who's behind this? Do you think it's somebody that we've met and know already, or do you think it's somebody who we've yet to be introduced to as a character concept?
0: I think it's Zephyr the West Wind.
1: <laughs> I'm surprised that wasn't your character.
0: <laughs> That's, see, I'm like thinking of all the good ones now. We've got to start over. We'll start uh-huh. recording from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I still think that it's Hermes. Uh-huh. And I don't know why. I just still think it's Hermes.
1: He's behind the whole thing.
0: Yeah, and I think that Luke is helping him. Luke is this his name? Nick? Yeah. What are those? Luke. Okay. Oh, yeah. Luke. And I think Luke is being used. I mean, it might not be, but I think Luke has been used by whoever the big bad is. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know who else it could be though. Like which which of the Greek gods have we not mentioned a single time in this book? Because it's probably that one. I don't know. <laughs> like it's Chiron. Yeah, Chiron's
1: behind the whole thing. Yeah, no, I
0: don't want it to be. I thought it would probably. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I think it is, but I don't think it. I don't want it to be that
1: prophecy. He gets betrayed by somebody who calls friend.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole thing too. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, it ends up being Gabe.
1: That would be more more predictable than Hades would be.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so we have like I said, my bullet points and a graph. God, freaking a.
0: So, so when Anna Beth telegraph something we're just gonna call it an anagraph yeah so we have an anagraph that (laughs) happens
1: yeah uh well where she implies that uh she's run into the harpies before and like she very obviously is just like i'm gonna go up and rub this necklace with a little pine tree bead on it oh my god what could that possibly be about it wasn't me that was in the group with zeus's kid who got killed and it was grover's fault let's not talk about that yet
0: but we already knew that yes
1: but she hasn't talked about it yeah so she's just going to be Percy like... Percy
0: doesn't know that, but the audience does. Yeah. Which I think is a really cool thing about writing. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so cool. You can have the audience know stuff. Yeah. That the characters don't. I don't know. Sorry. I just had a moment.
1: Yeah. The English major just realizing this over there.
0: <laughs> I'm not just realizing <laughs> this. I got a degree in literary theory.
1: Yep. Um and then we establish how uh, Anagra- her
0: <laughs> No, see that's not an appropriate context for the new word that we've coined.
1: I can't do that. Then we establish how Annabeth feels about her dad.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, who she has briefly mentioned before as some history professor somewhere. Uh, he got really, really into uh the history. Yep. Great mythology.
0: He got really into the history. Um, so into it that he ended up impregnating a Greek god.
1: <laughs> hate it when that happens. Uh, but apparently, he did not want anything to do with her. Yeah. And this is the first time she really talks about her dad. Where... Well, and
0: apparently, heroes have to be raised by their mortal parent, which is a thing that she throws out there as well. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Athena, like, sends Zephyr the West Wind to deliver Annabeth this baby. Uh-huh. In a golden cradle to the doorstep of her father.
1: Yeah. And her and, dad's just like, yeah, no.
0: And he is upset about it. Too busy. Yep.
1: Too busy for a miracle half-god child. Yeah. That's, that's just, no.
0: Just to show up. <laughs>
1: uh, and he's going to be like, no, I'm going to pretend to be normal and go get a regular wife. Yep. Uh,
0: and have two regular kids.
1: Human wife, human kids. Um, so going back to your point before, though, I think you can look at it in a very kind of practical way about the kids having to be raised by mortal parents because like if the the gods are going around and like having progeny as often as it seems like they are like hermes is having like 200 children to raise at any given time you'd
0: think that it might stop them from being so problematic you would think if they had to raise them it might help
1: yeah they're just too busy though they got other things going on
0: yeah and they could be busy with their own kids
1: one would think, um, but yeah, apparently they have to get raised by mortals. But uh, Annabeth's dad did not want that lifestyle at all, and he basically ignored her.
0: So he then had two more children,
1: uh, and she ends up running away from home when she's seven, which is really young. Yeah, to run away from home and try to fend, uh, you know, seek your own fortune. Yeah, like uh, we crazy. we we have a nephew that's around that age. Yeah. Uh, can't 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 imagine him surviving very long, but. Uh,
0: <laughs> but Athena watched out for. Yeah. Her and guided her, and she made friends.
1: Yeah. Uh, who we're not going to talk about. That's just like. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just friends.
1: Also, we're we're rolling through Ohio as this conversation is happening, and like, nobody wants to talk about anything in Ohio.
0: Yeah.
1: No. <laughs> um. Anyway. So. Eight days before the summer solstice, yep. they end up in Saint Louis. Saint Louis, as the French would say.
0: Yes, they would. <laughs> I'm so glad that you can speak French.
1: Not quite. Uh, it's my it's my next goal after German, really. Yep.
0: Well, yeah. You wanna dig into <laughs> the European language groups?
1: Yep. Um Anyway, and then that gives us another conversation where Annabeth talks about how apparently she wants to be an architect, and, like, this is what she's into. A lot of character development for Annabeth in this chapter. Yeah. Uh, and Percy kind of scoffs at it, and then she's just like, no, really into architecture. Want to build something. Want to build a monument to the gods even though, like, I have issues with them and, like, why?
0: Yeah, exactly. Why? <laughs> why does anyone want to build a monument to the gods? Anyway, Continue
1: they all seem like terrible people so far in this book yeah
0: that's my point
1: um i think we passed over it i'm not sure exactly where it was in this chapter but i think it was when they were talking about uh kind of the nature of oh wait no we don't talk about the nature of hades yet
0: no that's not until they're off the train yeah so we have percy share about his dream annabeth share about her family yeah. And then they, yeah, they pull into St. Louis. She's talking about wanting to be an architect, and she really wants to go see the Gateway Arch. One would. And so when she says, I'm going to go see it, Percy and Grover don't want to separate. And they wander off, even though Percy really doesn't want to go. Grover yeah. smells underground, and underground always smells like monsters. That's
1: where they live. They're down there.
0: So he smells monsters.
1: Yeah. But doesn't smell them when he's in the elevator with them. Yeah. And there are there are the three of them and one other person, and nobody notices anything.
0: And two monsters. <laughs> and Percy still doesn't notice. Is Which... it because he's too anxious and he's scared of the elevator and this whole thing like Percy is? We don't know.
1: Possibly. Also, I feel like we established it was a really bad idea for Percy to go, like, up into the air.
0: Yeah. I thought we had established that, too. <laughs>
1: So, like, in a uh, in a relatively fragile structure, like the arch, six hundred feet above the ground, you yeah. know. Yeah.
0: Maybe yeah. Maybe
1: not the best call.
0: I didn't even think of that yeah. reading it, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> Why would they take him up into the air? Yeah. In the air, air. <laughs> um.
1: That was Annabeth's telling, but no, somewhere, somewhere between here and there. Um.
0: Percy gets nervous. He feels some kind of boating foreboding yeah uh, he sees the shadows in the darkness
1: yes uh i wanted to and so he
0: talks about hades's thing
1: yeah uh it wasn't quite there but it was somewhere between here and there which i've said uh my actual point that i wanted to discuss before i moved on was somewhere in this chapter i started thinking is the master bolt even a real thing
0: you think that this is all a ruse by zeus
1: it's always by somebody. I think it like is. Like, he's being deceived.
0: Oh, yeah. I totally... I totally... Zeus is sus as uh, uh, AF. Um,
1: <laughs> but it, does the Master Bolt exist? Is this a thing anybody's I think, looking for? I
0: think, it, I think it exists, because we've seen, like, there. the gods know that the Master Bolt exists. Yeah. Now, when we do eventually have the conflict on the arch with the monster, she says, specifically... That she has Zeus's permission to hunt him. Yeah, and that that is rare for Zeus to give that permission. To test him. Did she say to test? Yes, she him?
1: says test.
0: I I didn't read it as test.
1: Here, I bring up the quote.
0: I mean, we're a little. I'm I'm jumping ahead, but
1: uh, she says, "Be honored, Percy Jackson. Lord Zeus rarely allows me to test a hero with one of my brood."
0: Yeah, I don't know though. I mean, I guess that is the direct quote, but I I don't I don't get that impression from it. I get the impression that Zeus gave her permission to hunt him. And that that I, it was less of a testing him. Yeah. Because why would Zeus test him? Yeah. Like does Zeus actually want him to succeed on this? Is the real question. Be- and- but then you're on, on to your point when he when she does keep goading him she talks to him about all of the things he needs to do to survive. Yes. So, yeah, maybe. You might be right. I want Zeus to be the bad guy in this a little bit. But I also think that you're right, that Zeus is is positioning Percy to learn here and that she uh, Echidna is teaching him something. Now, we have jumped over the discussion of Hades, yeah, so we should uh, probably circle back yeah. to that. Yeah,
1: circling back. So, Hades... This felt really apropos of nothing, and then I came out of nowhere, where Percy is just like, hey, doesn't Hades have a magic hat like Annabeth's?
0: Yeah. It does seem well, a little weird.
1: Why didn't he just bring that up out of nowhere when they're, like, learning about the archway and he's being bored on this trip? He's just like, hey, magic hats, doesn't Hades have one of those? <laughs> like, who brought this up? Where did this come from?
0: I don't know. I mean, some of it might be his foreboding and his fear and then like his dreams and the sense of the shadows.
1: Sorry. Our friend downstairs. We should.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We don't say Hades
1: though. We're not in a public place. So
0: I mean, isn't the, isn't the nature of the name supposed to not matter if it's a public place or not?
1: I don't know. Something like that. Like, I don't
0: understand that either. We've been constantly saying, even on half blood Hill to not say the names of the gods.
1: Yeah. Um, But, yeah, Annabeth is just like, oh, you mean the helm of darkness? Let's talk about this thing that's totally not going to come up later because we've introduced it in a really clumsy way.
0: Yeah. It is a little. (laughs) It's very clumsy. Yeah, it is super clumsy.
1: Yeah, and it felt a really awkward way to introduce it. Um, Also, the idea of Grover being, like, Oh, yeah, he's got this magical thing. It allows him to melt into the shadows and be completely invisible. He yeah. could be anywhere watching us this entire time, and we never know about it. wonder if that's going to come back to us at some point.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> is is Hades just going to emerge out of a wall somewhere and when they're least expecting it? Yeah. Probably. Absolutely. Um, but also, now we're
0: searching for that. Now we're looking for shadows.
1: Also, why are we drawing the comparison between this magic ability that he has and Annabeth's hat? like yeah. what's what's the deal there
0: what is it indeed
1: <sighs> really don't want annabeth to be the one that betrays him like you really it would be don't want that. It, it would be it would be a great plot point and would be great writing but like because it's not being i keep using the word telegraph a lot uh it's, yeah, it's, it's not being
0: anagraphed it's, at all
1: <laughs> it's not being foreshadowed at all that she's like the betrayer so like it would really come out of left field if she was but
0: yeah
1: i don't think she is um. Anyway, then they get in an elevator. Yep. Uh, elevator that goes on a curve. I've never been in one of those. Have you been in an elevator that uh, that curves around? Oh, cool.
0: Not that I know of.
1: I think there's only a few of those in the world.
0: There's not many, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but they get in with a large lady and a uh, small Chihuahua. Yep. Uh, fat lady in a uh in a blue jean dress, tiny Chihuahua, rhinestone necklace. Uh, and this is the second chapter in a row that we have a uh, a dolled up tiny dog. Yep. Is this a motif now?
0: <laughs> it, I mean, we should keep looking for him, because the last tiny dog was just a dog. Yeah. But Grover could talk to it. Yeah. And they it uh, it aided them. Yeah. Is this dog going to be aiding them? Like, it, are you right? Is the Chimera sent here to test Percy and help him train?
1: It would seem that way. Um, but uh stuck in the elevator and Grover nor Annabeth notices anything off about this situation. Uh they get to the top, they look, oh hey look, there's there's stuff. You can see the the grandiose beauty of the city of St. Louis.
0: On the on the on to note here, yeah. We have had very few physical descriptions of what people are wearing. Yeah. In the books as yeah. a whole. Yeah except for the villain women. And it's always the villain women. We have the Furies in the denim jacket. We have the whole uh, headdress that Medusa was wearing described. And we have this denim dress being described here. Which uh... we don't have we don't have any idea like, I feel like that even the color of the camp shirt being orange has been mentioned once in the entire book. And it was like four chapters after they got to the camp.
1: Which interesting note. Um, what what is the most common color one normally finds denim in?
0: Blue. And is this around the same time Percy asks if uh, if there's Grover any more, has blue, has jelly any more beans. blue jelly beans? Yeah. Right after that.
1: Yeah. But this lady shows up wearing a blue dress. Yep. It's fascinating, isn't it? Um,
0: Indeed, is blue Zeus's color.
1: Well, green is Poseidon, so...
0: Yeah.
1: And Zeus is Lord of the Sky.
0: Is Stands Hades blue, though? Because I kept thinking Hades was blue. But now I think... But then I for a while I thought Zeus's was blue because of something from the camp that I can't remember. Hades
1: has got to be black, come on.
0: Hades is probably black. And then it's the Furies and Medusa are wearing black. So this one is sent by <sighs> Zeus wearing blue.
1: Yeah. Possibly. Yeah um definitely <laughs> so anyway um then we split the party yep because it's almost time for closing and there's a kerfuffle with the elevators where oh no we don't want to take extra time and i'll get on the same elevator because that's going to cost us five minutes uh you guys go ahead it's I'll stay more up a matter
0: here. of the three of them can't fit in the elevator two of them can but there's a family of three and the fat lady yeah And then the elevator would have, like, one person would end up getting stuck. Yeah. It seems. Waiting an extra round. Yeah. Uh,
1: And then as soon as they leave, Percy realizes, Irma Gerd, she's actually a monster. Who could have seen this coming?
0: Who could have seen it coming? Well, the people who read the description of her clothes. (laughs) Uh,
1: And she has a fork ton and she's all really super scaly.
0: I really liked the way that it introduced that. So if I can read that uh, run up to the forked <laughs> tongue, tongue line. Yeah. I smiled uneasily at the fat lady. She smiled back, her forked tongue flicking between her teeth. What? Wait a minute. <laughs> forked tongue?
1: Uh, and yeah, she's got a forked tongue. She's all scaly. And then the chihuahua, obviously not an actual chihuahua.
0: She, she ends up telling us she's echidna. Yeah. And the chihuahua is a chimera. It grows and gets bigger and bigger and fills the whole space.
1: Half lion, half goat, half snake.
0: Yeah, those. Are, that's how halves work.
1: Yeah, it's how math works out in um, Greek mythology.
0: He does make the comment about echidna. Isn't that an anteater?
1: Yeah, which and, is.
0: I I don't know that an echidna is an anteater.
1: Uh, it's it is a, what's the word for? They're monotremes. An echidna is a monotreme. They're an egg-laying mammal. Okay. So the echidna and the platypus are the two most famous ones. There's like a... What?
0: Sorry, you're blowing my mind here that this information you just have. You just have this information in your head, and you're weirded out that I know the axial tilt of the (laughs)
1: earth. Like, you just happen
0: to know monotreme is an egg-laying mammal. Yeah. And echidna's... I know what I know. Platypus is an egg laying mammal. I didn't know there was a word for it. I didn't know the word for it. Yeah. Anyway, love you. Also, you're fun great. Fact, I love having you and your your weird knowledge.
1: In the uh, in the Sonic video game series, in the in the Sonic verse, uh, Knuckles is an echidna.
0: Okay, I didn't so, know that. Yeah. Because so, I thought I thought that I thought Knuckles was a hedgehog. Like. No. Oh. <laughs> okay. Got it. Possibly. I'm not gonna forget that.
1: <laughs> also, uh, really like the collar that Percy is able to read on uh, the chimera's uh, <laughs> yes. On the neck. Yes,
0: as as the chimera gets bigger and bigger, and we also know that the chimera is Echidna's child. Yeah, spawn, son. Yeah. Um, but we ha- and she refers to him as Sunny several times. But we have. The collar gets bigger and bigger with the dog as it goes from being a barking chihuahua into this giant fire-breathing beast. Yeah. Tell us what the collar says.
1: Uh, Chimera, rabid, fire-breathing, poisonous. If found, please call Tartarus, extension 954. (laughs) So that's a thing.
0: So as somebody who's not familiar with Greek mythology, what or where is Tartarus?
1: Uh, So Tartarus is a thing that is separate from uh, the underworld and the domain of Hades, uh, Tartarus is basically like uh, it is simultaneously a an entity and a person.
0: I, I see, and that's what I thought. I thought Tartarus yeah. was a person and a and a and a thing.
1: Tartarus is, I believe, a titan that got locked inside the earth. That then a bunch of other like titans and things get locked inside of.
0: Okay.
1: So yeah, entity and place that is uh, like in. Basically in the core of the earth and it's a prison for all kinds of nasty stuff.
0: So is Echidna like a servant of Tartarus or is she like a prisoner of Tartarus?
1: I don't know that much. Okay. I had I had heard of Echidna in the context of the mythology, but I don't know anything about her him, they. I don't I don't I don't know. Okay. Um Cool. Um do 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 Where were we?
0: Uh, the tag, the, the dog collar.
1: Yes. Uh, dog collar. Camara grows into this giant monstrosity, and then they start fighting.
0: Yeah, and, and Percy freezes for a little while until he sees that family uh, still up there with the ranger, and he's yeah. like, I have to protect them, and finally gets the sword out. Yes.
1: This is also the first time... Sorry, I'm confirming this as I'm saying it, but I believe this is the first time in the book that Percy faces any of these things entirely alone.
0: You mean besides the...
1: uh, Like even the Minotaur, like his mom is there. I was
0: going to say besides the Minotaur after his mom's gone.
1: Yeah, Uh, but like his mom is there to give him support at the beginning uh, with the Furies, like Grover and Annabeth have been there. They were there for the Medusa... So this is the first time he's really by himself
0: yeah
1: facing down this thing like the this the, the, the cities don't count here. yeah he's trying to protect the park ranger and this family that's up there who obviously notice something's going down. We don't know what they see, but they see something and they're terrified of it. yeah so
0: Percy's gonna get even more infamous after this
1: yeah well the very this, not to spoil anything but the title of the very next chapter is I become a known fugitive <laughs> so yeah. which i i feel like happens in this chapter because like there's the whole article about how he's wanted and like gabe's offered a cash reward for information about him yeah so i feel like he's already a known fugitive but i digress
0: yeah but it also specifically says the eastern states yeah when it talks about him being in the newspaper yeah we've we've moved into the midwest now we've crossed the mississippi
1: we have um anyway There's a fight that happens. I don't think we need to, like, really get into it, other than the fact that uh, Chimera blows an enormous hole in the side of the uh, St. Louis Archway with its fire breath.
0: I think we do need to talk about the fact that Percy tries to hit it. The collar glances the sword off.
1: Yeah, going for the neck was a bad move.
0: And the sword goes out the hole. Yeah. And doesn't come back to him. Which it's supposed to do.
1: At least not right away. Like, I mean... I, it I, was
0: immediate when he did it with the pen. Yeah. He threw the pen, and it was back in his pocket.
1: He does speculate here that maybe it only works when it's in pen form. Like, if it's a sword, you... I don't know. But also, I'm thinking about this in, like, D&D combat terms, where, like, this is several pages of action, but this all happens within about 15 seconds. Yeah. So, like, we don't know what the time frame on this is. Maybe it's a 30-second cooldown and the sword comes back. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um but we'll see in the next chapter uh also it would be kind of funny if percy got a cool magic sword and then loses it three chapters later and it's just like all right well especially when was, it
0: was magic and that it couldn't be lost
1: yeah that was fun yeah. it lasted
0: good job kid
1: um but yeah uh i do want to talk about the really ridiculous way that the dialogue for, for Echidna is portrayed here.
0: Yeah.
1: Because she's just quite cartoonishly evil in this. <laughs> um, because she's just like, be honored, Percy Jackson. Lord Israeli rarely allows me to test a hero with one of my brood, for I am the mother of monsters, the terrible Echidna. And, like, she sounds like a Power Rangers villain. Yeah. It's just like, this is, <laughs>
0: like,
1: this is, like, Japanese dialogue that was badly translated to English.
0: Oh, yeah. Hundred percent.
1: I uh, love it. And then, uh, they don't make heroes like they used to, eh, son? <laughs> like this this terrible dialogue that she has here. Yeah. Which also makes me think that like it's being very put on. Yeah. She's acting here.
0: Maybe. But then get to where her dialogue and her tone changes to where she starts challenging Percy's faith.
1: Yeah. Uh because uh, she Percy basically gets
0: hit by the by the chimera and he's so. poisoned now.
1: Yes, and she is egging him on because, like, he sees this whole, like, uh, leading down the Mississippi River right below him, and she's just like, well, you're the son of Poseidon, like, water should be fine. Yeah, jump. It's not gonna hurt you. Get down there. And he hesitates, and she's like, well, obviously you don't have any faith. Don't you you trust your daddy? Yeah. Like, that whole thing.
0: Uh, Percy's like, I know that if I hit water from this height, it's gonna be like hitting concrete.
1: Yeah um but then as terrible as the dialogue is i think the last two lines that she has or not the last two lines because the last line is uh die faithless one but she has a
0: great line too
1: (laughs) uh but she has two lines that i think are worth pausing on where she says the gods are faithless the poison is in your heart yeah talk about that for a second So we're not talking about the poison from the snake here, are we?
0: I don't think we are yeah. at all. No, I yeah. don't think we are. Because she talks about not trusting the gods. She says you don't trust the gods. And when somebody is faithless, they can, they can have, it, it can mean that they don't have faith, but it can also mean that they're unfaithful to something that they have, like, committed. Yeah. And so, like, I feel like that statement is saying that the gods, the gods are failing in what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that the gods are not being faithful to their mandate. Uh-huh. And that that poison is, that poison, that nature is in you, Percy. Yeah. Kind of thing, because you are of the gods.
1: Yeah. And that's making me question, like, my my whole pet theory here of, like, she's actually working for Zeus and testing him. Like, why would she then go and say, well, the gods are faithless. Like, yeah, yeah obviously you, you yeah, know, shouldn't believe in them anyway.
0: Yeah. I mean we could also have this uh being a direct result of the actions of Percy mailing the head of Medusa to the gods. Yeah. That this is this is Zeus being angry about that because Percy did this uh insolent thing. What was it? Insolent? Yeah. Was that the word that was used? I am insolent.
1: Yeah, something like that. Okay. It's a good word either way.
0: Okay.
1: Um but yeah, so uh you don't know. Uh but he gets cornered, kind of runs out of options. He doesn't have a sword in his hand, so I guess the only option he has is to jump
0: out the window. I mean, he's he thinks he's dead anyway.
1: Yeah, he's also on fire and uh, has poison poison coursing through his veins. Yep. So, you know, why not why not jump? <laughs> and he plummets to his death. The end. All right, I let's plunge do. To my death is the
0: chapter title. We get there in the last sentence of the chapter.
1: Let's do a book wrap up. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> book ends here. Right. Uh, we're not even we're we're slightly over halfway through. Book's over. We're done. Yeah. Next episode will be us uh talking about what what our experience of reading this series was. <laughs> we'll have a guest on.
1: How Annabeth actually takes over as a protagonist to halfway through book 1.
0: Yep. And they still call it Percy Jackson and the Olympians. <laughs> really, like
1: really I weird, really huh?
0: think that it's so <laughs> so indicative of <laughs> Of the patriarchal nature of mythological storytelling. Oh, man, I can't keep going. All right. You could. But I, you oh, I could. I could. I'm just too giggly right now.
1: You could record an entire podcast on this.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I'd have to do a lot more research.
1: Cool. That's a chapter. Uh, did we miss anything?
0: I'm sure we did. <laughs> But, uh, anyway.
1: I feel like we have been talking for a long time. Oh, so.
0: th- it's been a long <laughs> yeah. record, yeah.
1: So, we should probably call it there and move on and see uh, if Hallie survives in the next chapter.
0: Yep. Cool.
1: What do we do next?
0: Next, we do our favorite sentences. Yes. Um, you have a few. I wrote down backups because uh. I have a feeling you're going to choose one of my sentences. Yeah. So, I decided to let you go first on this, even though you did your bullet points first. I think you should go first because I have backups in case we have an overlap. All right.
1: I also have a backup. So I had two favorite sentences from this chapter.
0: Well, if Um, we want to do all three of them, I'll read one and then you read one and I'll read one and you read one. We could do that. We could read all five of our favorite sentences.
1: That's just too much. That's too much favorite sentence.
0: Oh, I'm going to read them all anyway.
1: All right. Um, So
0: we should do it.
1: So my favorite sentence in this chapter is this. We just torch the National Monument. Was that one of yours? Yes, (laughs) but
0: I wrote the sentence before it where it says, great, I thought, we just torch the National Monument. Yeah. That was my third option.
1: So I like that one.
0: Yeah. Uh, My first option was, I appeared on my father's doorstep in a golden cradle carried down from Olympus by Zephyr the West Wind.
1: You really like Zephyr the West Wind. I thought it was great.
0: I just thought, though, just the (laughs) way that sentence, like, Annabeth's like, yeah, I appeared on my father's doorstep in a golden cradle carried down from Olympus by Zephyr the West Wind.
1: Freaking rich kids.
0: (laughs) Like, what was your backup?
1: Uh, I want to know what your third one was first.
0: Annabeth craned her neck to see the gateway arch, which looked to me like a huge shopping bag handle stuck on the city.
1: It does kind of look like that. Yeah. Um, no, my, my backup sentence was, I hate Australia.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, there uh... were so many great <laughs> favorite sentences in this chapter. Like, I think that was the other reason I really liked this chapter, because reading it was just a joy. Yeah. Because there were so many, like, even the, the poison is in your heart. Yeah. Like, there's so many great sentences in this chapter. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I just like the finality of, like, you know, a mythological being being like, no, I hate an entire continent. Yep. Screw Australia.
0: <laughs> oh, I hate Australia. <laughs> The whole thing. How dare they name a <laughs> rodent after me?
1: It's a monitoring.
0: <laughs> it's just like, I can't remember what it's called.
1: All right. Uh, so those are favorite sentences. Uh, would you like to move on to our last segment? Sure. All right. Uh, so in this final segment, we rewrite the chapter from the perspective of somebody who's not one of the main characters. Yep. Just for fun, creative activities. Um, mine is actually pretty long. I was going to go for a really short one because, like, I just wanted to be somebody in Ohio watching the train go by. Yeah. (laughs) Or maybe I was going to be Ohio and then I was just like, no, that's... That's too short and pithy, and, like, I'm already making fun of St. Louis in this chapter. I don't need to make fun of Ohio, too, and alienate half of our listeners. Yeah. Because half of our listeners actually in Ohio.
0: Who knew? We have
1: never figured out why.
0: <laughs> have you actually looked at that data, though? Do you do you even know where any of our listeners are?
1: Uh, I don't have state level. Yeah. Uh, I do know that we have listeners in over 30 countries. Nice. But,
0: uh, yeah. Crazy.
1: Uh, Anywho.
0: So I'll go ahead and read mine first. Yeah. Since you did your bullet point summary first. Who
1: is your rewrite from the perspective of I'm going
0: to go ahead and just read it. Okay. My mother said, I am going to learn to hunt today. I can only say I'm excited. Honestly, it's the closest I get to be around mortals out of disguise. And it's really fun. Exhilarating. Really. We went out to hunt and we saw a train. I've never been on one. But they seem boring. I asked my father if we need to hide. He said not from people on the train. So I thought no one could see us at all. But someone did! He was going so fast with the train. But I got a wave in before I thought better of it. I was worried to tell my parents. But Mom saw the whole thing. She said he must not have been a regular mortal. But I really don't know. It was just nice to be seen. So I'm a young centaur in Ohio. <laughs>
1: You, you really like the youngest centaur in Ohio you like that life
0: yeah I'm about that life but yeah as soon as you as soon as you said I wanted to do it from some the perspective of someone in Ohio I was like well I did so <laughs> but also uh didn't want to lead it in because I purposely wrote it to be mysterious as to whether it was about the centaur or whether it was from the perspective of the chimera yeah so
1: or the big lion like thing that Percy briefly sees in the woods yeah Who knows what, what that is, is? That?
0: what is that <laughs>
1: cool is that aslan has aslan showed up in the book okay. <laughs> he's on the move aslan's right.
0: jesus <laughs> don't know if you know this
1: all right um so here's my uh, rather lengthy rewrite i'm gonna see if i can get through this without coughing or sniffling or anything but uh this is from the perspective of the park ranger
0: yeah how about uh, how about getting through it without saying uh anagraph
1: yeah uh well her name's not in here at all so we're good Uh, Park Ranger. Yeah. They pay me 35 grand a year for this. For that incredible sum, I get to hang out all day in the world's biggest lowercase n and deal with stupid tourists. You know who comes to see the arch? It's not Italian supermodels, it's not world famous architects. Nope, it's board school kids on field trips old men inex- inexplicably wearing Hawaiian shirts in November in Missouri, and Aunt Doreen, who needs a bathroom break in the middle of her 14-hour road trip because she just don't think it's right how them big old planes stay in the air. And what do I get to break up this in name monotony? by yearly bouts of sheer existential terror. Like the time the weird bald dude in the Nazi uniform tried to turn the arch into some kind of giant transmitter, Or a couple years back when the whole dang monument became a portal to a dimension filled with kaiju. And don't even get me started on the kindergarten incident. So today, weird scaly lady and her giant snake lion trying to take out a 6th grader? Sure. Why not? Sure beats Aunt Doreen. But I sure bet that broken window comes right out of my holiday bonus. (sighs)
0: I love that Thank you That was fantastic The
1: the jaded park ranger and the uh, thing
0: (laughs) Don't even get me started on the kindergarten incident Now I want (laughs) the kindergarten incident Now you have to write that
1: Um, But no that came out of my fascination Which I, I completely believe it's a thing But just the idea that like a building Would have a park ranger at it Yeah Like it's weird to me
0: Yeah I mean, it's a monument. Yeah, I think it? monuments yeah, yeah. are uh-huh. under the park services.
1: Yeah. So I get a little fast and loose with the lore of the book here, um, yeah. but I, th- I thought it was a fun rewrite. Thank you. Anyway, that's our podcast. There we
0: go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today as we discussed Chapter 13 of The Lightning Thief. Join us next time as we discuss chapter 14, I Become a Known Fugitive. And in the meantime, if you want to interact with us, you can do so on social media at Chronically Podcast, on Facebook and Instagram, at Chronically Pod, on Twitter. You can tweet at us at Chronically Pod on Twitter, but we probably won't respond. And you can send us an email with your fan art of A Hole in the Side of the St. Louis Arch at chronicallypodcast at gmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon, if you feel like it, at patreon.com slash chronicallypodcast. Thank you so much for joining us today, and if you see Zephyr, the west wind, carrying a golden cradle and approaching you, take that child in.
1: And uh, when you're unsure about it, just wait for the next elevator. For sure. <laughs> cool. Thanks. Bye. Bye. start this podcast Kristen.
0: Hi, i have a song stuck in my head all right
1: um you usually do no.
0: that's fair uh <laughs> i was gonna protest but you're probably right
1: uh we write re, re <laughs> we rewrite the chapter
0: i forgot to look up my i forgot to choose a character
1: anagraph anagraph anagraph
0: uh, Anagriff.
1: Annabeth telegraphs really hard
0: So as Chris and I are reading through the chapter We select uh, Well we used to select <laughs> Wow Wow I'm going back to an old script now <sighs> Ooh, My brain My brain just defaulted to like A year ago Yeah ah, Sorry also falling over
1: <laughs> You'd be a terrible Sindar <laughs>
0: Zeus is sus uh, as AF. Um, (laughs) I enjoyed reading this chapter. It's weird, man.
1: Uh, That I... Getting there, I promise. I have a a point.
0: (laughs) It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. Except that you're the sick one. So you're going to be the problem today. You should sing it.
1: You can't keep making fun of me for being sick, okay? (laughs) I can't control it.
0: I know. I just think it's crazy because we were at Thanksgiving with family and I successfully didn't get sick, which is already a miracle. And then you got sick, which is like the second time in our, in 10 years. What? I don't know.
1: Not quite that unfrequently, but.
0: Pretty close. (laughs) Okay, like five times.
1: My my legendary immune system is failing me. Yeah. Never doing dishes there again.
0: Never do the dishes again. <laughs>